Welcome, guys, to another episode of your favorite podcast in the whole wide world, Antenna Method, the podcast. This week, we've got yet another amazing interview with Leanne Venier, who is an artist, Eastern medicine physician, and visionary pioneer in the science of color. And if you guys have seen anything lately about the benefits of light therapy, it's becoming kind of a trend now. Leanne is actually the one who validated the science of light therapy over a decade ago. So it's a real treat to pick her brain and discuss this topic, and also talk about the healing power of color in general. If you're enjoying Antenna Method, the podcast, please subscribe. And I would be so grateful if you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that others can discover the advice and ideas we discuss weekly. Follow me at Conrad Stoik on Instagram. That's K-O-N-R-A-D-S-T-O-I-C-K. And head to antennamethod.com to get Antenna Method, the ebook, which contains seven different happy habits restart plans to get you feeling better. All right, guys. Enjoy. All right, guys, welcome to Antenna Method, the podcast, the podcast about making small, impactful changes to your daily routine to feel better. With me today, we have Leanne Venier, who I am actually going to turn it over to to introduce herself because she is, has so many things on her resume. So, I, um, in a nutshell, teach medical doctors and lay people all around the world about the science behind the healing effects of color, light, energy medicine, flow state, quantum healing, and everything in that umbrella. Um, Mm -hmm. I validated the science of light therapy for the masses in the medical community starting 15 years ago by connecting the dots between science, physics, medical research, scientific research, ancient Mm -hmm. healing modalities, evolution and our own actual real world experiences. My background, I used to be an engineer. I designed submarines for Lockheed. So I come from a science and engineering background. Then I moved to Italy for seven years, studied all kinds of alternative healing modalities, um, many of them tying in with color and light, and then moved back to the United States to become an Eastern medicine physician, had a healing practice working with cancer patients. Um, And after doing that, all the healing work for a number of years, I felt like I wanted to do something to recharge my own battery. So I started painting as a creative outlet. I took a beginner painting class and that just kind of turned into um, becoming a professional artist globally recognized without, with practically no effort at all. Um, And it was, it was the paintings that I was creating in flow state that then became the catalyst for having these conversations about the healing effect of color and light because mm-hmm. people would see my paintings and they would have a very strong response to particular colors. Um, like, Oh my God, I can't stop staring at your red paintings or oh my God, I can't stop, st- stop staring at your blue paintings, or your teal paintings or whatever color mm-hmm. or color family that they were particularly drawn to. Then I would tell them in these one-on-one conversations, you know, at my exhibitions, it's like, Oh, well, if you have, such a strong response and you're really strongly drawn to that particular color, it may mean that you have this going on in your body and this going on Mm -hmm. in your life. And every time they'd be like, Oh my God, that's exactly what's going on in my body in my life. How do you know that? And I would tell them, well, because we actually respond to color and we, we crave color and light just like we crave nutrients and food. 
So then that just turned into a whole series of people, you know, pestering me for literally three years to um, put some of this information on my website because they're like, where's the book? I'm like, well, this isn't a book. I haven't even written a book. And it's from Mm -hmm. me, hundreds and hundreds of books and me connecting the dots and all these ancient healing modalities with modern science and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that, um, that then started the whole ball rolling where I started getting invited to major medical universities to teach about the science behind the healing of color and light, um, conferences like South by Southwest Interactive, Mensa Conference, um, and then lots of international, big international medical conferences, medical research organizations, and so on. So I've been um, teaching both the medical in the medical field directly as well as targeting lay people and basically making the science so simple and connecting the dots in a way that makes it so apparent and so obvious to people when they, when, you know, after they'd seen one of my videos, then it, it was like, oh my God, there, this really has validity. And it mm-hmm. really, essentially I was trying to get people to understand the importance of spending time in sunlight and nature because of the fact that so many people were harming themselves by listening to the mainstream media messaging that sunlight mm. is going to give you cancer, which it actually is mm. the direct opposite that avoiding sunlight is much more likely to give you cancer than spending time in sunlight. Mm. And so basically that was the starting point where I wanted to teach people about the, you know, the vital importance and the vital nutrients that we do get from sunshine, but not only sunshine, um, also spending time in nature. So that's the additional part mm-hmm. that now I've been focusing on because I validated the science of light therapy. Now that's kind of a globally known phenomenon where everybody knows that, oh, this light therapy thing is actually valid. People are actually able to get reimbursed by their insurance companies and things like that from mm-hmm. buying, you know, light therapy devices now. So um, so the, the medical community starting a few years ago, they started asking me to validate, you know, and talk more about the quantum healing effects and the energy medicine component and how that ties in with the, the human body and the energy body that we are beings of energy and light and mm-hmm. talking about that from a scientific perspective. So that's, um, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's quite a journey that you've been on. It's so interesting to me and like the whole aspect that you mentioned of our comparison of color to our food and that it's energy we're consuming and that we crave and i'd love to maybe start like digging into understanding how our body craves and uses that energy from color in the context of maybe red light therapy since that is is one that is more well known now in terms of like what what's what is the body doing when it receives the certain frequencies of, of red light and you know, what's happening? Well, from a, from a Western medical perspective, they, the, the medical research tries to explain everything in terms of chemistry and in terms of cellular response and that sort of thing. So they don't, they don't have a concept of physics or the energy body or anything like that. So they, mm-hmm. the, the scientific research talks about what they can see physically in the physical body. For example, the mitochondria of the cells, the powerhouses of the cells responding when they're stimulated by red light so that it um, gets them to create more ATP, more energy that's usable by the cells. Um, mm-hmm. Which if your body has enough available life force energy. So again, this, this, everything goes back to, um, the energy body. The energy body is 
basically what controls the whole physical body. So if you have a disruption in your energy body, that will eventually affect the physical body. It's not the other way around. So the reason that so many people, when they try light therapy or, you know, because there are now literally thousands of light therapy devices on the market, as soon as you, as soon as you validate something and it becomes well known, then you literally get everybody and their brother jumping on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. So there are just tons and tons and tons of products out there and a very high percentage of them don't provide much in the way of healing benefit, if anything. And some people, some actually make people worse. So the, but, so if you have, you know, a light therapy device that is emitting the um, proper frequencies and it isn't emitting harmful frequencies or electromagnetic frequencies, which many of them emit a very high percentage of electromagnetic mm. frequencies. So if you are using, you know, red light, you can, and you have enough available energy in your body, then you can stimulate the cells again, from a Western medical perspective, stimulate the cells mm. to produce more energy. So, and you will actually sometimes feel more energy or the cell, you can elicit healing um, effects in the skin, for example. Um, wounds will heal, heal more quickly. You can get um, hair to grow back more quickly, um, things like that. So that's kind of the basics of what most of the light therapy devices will have some kind of effect on skin and healing wounds if they're, if they're well-designed. Um, and again, going back to the chemistry aspect, the, what, the way they explain it is by st stimulating the, the mitochondria of the cells um, that absorb the, the frequencies that then create this, it's a cascade mechanism that creates, in a, in a nutshell, creates more energy mm -hmm. in the cells. So that is what then will stimulate the healing of wounds more quickly and that sort of thing. And, the, you know, this research goes back to um, the turn of last century. So in 1901, I believe it was, Niels Finson actually won the Nobel Prize for Medicine for validating the fact that um, red light um, elicited healing effects in healing smallpox wounds and things like that. So the research was not new. And then in the 1960s, um, Andre Mester, when the first um, lasers were invented, Andre Mester, when the first lasers came out, which were red, red light, um, and that's just because of the nature of that was the easiest color to make. Um, mm. And he did research and he was actually interested in showing that lasers were going to cause cancer because he thought, you know, it's mm. new technology. It's going to be a bad thing for humanity. And he ended up actually <laughs> discovering that the mice that he was treating, the, mm. the, the mice that he shaved, both of them, he had the control group and the ones that he was treating with the red laser and what he found was that not only the, the, the mice didn't get cancer, but their fur grew back more quickly. And then he discovered that it actually stimulated wound healing more quickly. So, so he, he proved the opposite of what he was trying to setting out to prove. But um, anyway, so that's again, and that's in the 1960s. So again, this mm. information about the healing effects of light and the science behind it has been around for a very long time. Nobody was giving any credence to it or paying any attention to it. Partly because it's such a disconnect for people from our, you know, the current Western medical model, which is if you have a problem, you take a pill. So in terms of like, if you were to, 
And I'd love to hear about like maybe your routine, how you incorporate sunlight and, and red light therapy into, into your routine. But like, what are some practical things you can do if you're already like a baseline healthy individual, but not maybe you're stressed, you're just not, you know, you want to feel better. Like how can you start to incorporate red light therapy and just sunlight exposure in a easy way into your routine? Um, sunlight alone isn't enough. So again, when I started teaching about all of this, I knew I, I had to validate one thing at a time. So I focused on the light therapy component, but getting sunlight in the middle of New York city, for example, is completely different from getting sunlight out when you're surrounded by nature. So being surrounded by nature gives you those additional quantum healing energies, the energy medicine component, the chi, mm -hmm. life force energy, prana, they're different names for it. Sunlight doesn't give you that. Sunlight gives you the light frequencies. So that's why if you're sunbathing in the middle of New York City, it's not going to feel very good because you, you're surrounded by, you know, chaotic energy, pollution, EMF, Wi-Fi, all of the things that are basically siphoning off that life force energy. So going back to the fact, again, that we are beings of energy and light, we are, we have an energy body. The illusion that we're, uh, you know, Solid physical body is like the same concept as solid physical table. It's, it's it, we're, we're a bunch of atoms that are held together. And the energy that operates your physical body is what controls everything. And that's your psyche, your emotions, your you, any physical illness or disease or inflammation. So getting, I always tell people, the best thing that you can do is spend time in sunshine but surrounded by nature because that's where you get the additional energy medicine component so if you go out you know if you go out into nature how does that feel conrad restorative right yes it's restorative and it's calming and it's energizing it's all of that because basically what you if you think of yourself as a car we have a gas tank and that's what holds our life force energy so often people that are living in cities, they have high stress jobs or they get stressed out by things, you know, listening to the mainstream media, whatever it is that's causing stress, that's basically siphoning off that gas constantly. So siphoning off that life force energy, which means that you're then constantly running on fumes. So people then feel tired all the time and then they have to drink a bunch of coffee or take stimulants or mm -hmm. whatever it is that they do to stimulate, you know, try to give themselves energy so they can get through their day. And then it, it's a vicious snowballing cycle where they feel more and more exhausted and depleted. Um, so you have to fill up the life force energy gas tank. And it's not about taking superfoods and nootropics and all this stuff, trying to stimulate your brain. Mm -hmm. You need to fill up your gas tank. And that's where people don't think in those terms. It's kind of like, you know, we have a cell phone, right? Our cell phone, when our cell phone is brand new, the battery usually lasts all day and maybe into the evening before you have to plug it in. But even with a brand new phone, if you're on your screen all day and you're making a ton of phone calls, your battery starts to go down much more quickly. The more that you use your phone, the, the battery starts to discharge and you may have to plug it in at seven o'clock at night instead of 10 o'clock if you have a really heavy use day on your phone. Um, so we're exactly the same way. If we have a super relaxing day, we're just chilling, kicking back, we're out in nature, we're actually putting energy into the system. That's like plugging in our plugging in our phone. But if we're in the city, we're working, we have a high stress job, we, you know, we have an argument with somebody, you, you're driving in traffic and you get stuck. And all of that stuff is like discharging your battery much more quickly. So you get mm -hmm. to the end of the day and you're just like, oh, I'm so exhausted. 
And then what people often end up doing is that, well, I mean, just have a drink because I'm so stressed out. I just need to have some alcohol. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it puts more toxins into the system and everything. So it's all trying to focus on um, the physical body and, you know, thinking that I need to stimulate my physical body and even the red light, you know, what caught on mainstream um, regarding red light therapy is this whole mitochondrial stimulation. Cause that's what people, you know, they, they think in those terms, they think in terms of cells, chemistry and that sort of thing. So I need to stimulate yeah. my cells. So you, you, you really, the, the, the sunlight component is important. The spending time in nature is even more important. So being able to go out in nature, being surrounded by woods, forests, and, you know, unfortunately not everybody has that capability, especially, you know, like if you're in the middle of a city and you're in lockdown and you can't get out and, um, whatnot, but, but, um, the, that's the part that actually recharges the batteries that fills up that life force energy gas tank. Finally, four years ago, I ended up agreeing to launch my own product line. And that was why, that was why when I launched my own product line, I'm like, light therapy alone is not enough to elicit. I want, I want to offer a product that actually provides real full system healing benefits, not just make your skin look better, not just, you know, give you a little boost of energy. I want to be able to provide something that actually people can utilize for healing literally from anything from literally anything, whether it's, you know, brain injury to cancer to, um, you know, thyroid dysfunction to, you know, literally reversing the aging process. So we have so many people that, uh, you know, like say that they're, they feel 25 years younger than they did and their, their immune function is, you know, through the roof. And so many people that are like, I'm not concerned about this whole, you know, this thing that's going on around the world at all, because I feel so strong yeah. and healthy. And even if, you know, yeah. I'm exposed to it, it's like, I'm not worried because I have a very strong immune function. So, um, yeah. so anyway, that, that was why four years ago I launched, um, my own product line, the rejuvenator. You meant when you mentioned the, the relationship or the effect on the energetic body of the different frequencies, I would love to hear like how that cascades into the physical body. Cause I've only, when I read about the benefits, I only see stuff about mitochondria and ATP, like you mentioned. Yeah. And again, because that's what fits in with that paradigm, you know, when people are thinking in terms of cells and physical body chemistry, the things that you can see with your you know eyes that they have to explain it in those terms. So that's as far as they can go. Well, it's I the see. same, the, the same thing. Okay. So our energy body, like that, that feeling, I usually tell people, you know, I can tell you from a quantum physics standpoint, but from the, from the actual real world experience that you get, mm-hmm. when you go out into nature, that is chi prana again, you know, pick, pick whichever term you prefer life force, energy, zero point energy, um, whatever term, you know, resonates with you. Um, that is what is literally recharging your batteries or filling up that life force energy gas tank. So that's why when you, you know, when people get so exhausted and stressed out, one of the first things they want to do, they want to go on vacation, but where do they want to go? They don't want to go like tour around a big city and go like, look at a bunch of art galleries They're exhausted. They want to to, like, go. I want to go lay on the beach. I want to go, I want to go camping in the mountains. I want to go somewhere. And what they, they're, it's not that they're craving 
isolation, they're craving the life force energy because you could go and isolate yourself in your apartment or your house. And that's, that's mm-hmm. not the same thing, right? So it's not the isolation. It's that, it's that energy that again, you know, the, the same way that people hadn't really been thinking of how sunlight makes you feel when you're laying in sunlight people often don't make that connection between when they're out in nature and they're surrounded by trees and water and that sort of thing. All of that is that literally that energy that fills up your life force energy gas tank. So it's like literally getting absorbed, like kind of in your field, like you're taking that in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So some of my earlier videos, I actually go into the ways that you can take in light, the way that you can take in energy. Um, so you can absorb it like directly through your energy field. We've got chakras, we've got, you know, meridians mm-hmm. that circulate that life force energy. So that's the foundation of Eastern medicine is the meridian. Um, they're also sometimes called channels. Um, so the meridians that circulate that life force energy. So where disease and um, illness happens is that those channels, if you think of, if you think of yourself, as a house, you know, the, the transformer that brings energy into your house, that's like your chakras. So they're bringing in energy into the system. So you're taking in that energy. It goes in the, the electrical wiring that's in your home. That's like the meridians that circulate the energy throughout. So, you know, the, 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 the electrical wiring is behind the walls. You don't see it. And every, every once in a while, you have a, an electrical outlet that comes to the surface. Those are like the acupuncture point. So where, where you have the energy that comes to the surface of the body, in Eastern medicine, that's where you would stick in a needle. But you don't need needles. You can use fingers. You can actually use, you can use hands. You can use other devices. You don't have to stick a needle into the human body. It just make it's a more convenient for the practitioner to use needles. So... Mm-hmm. And as I, you know, I used to be an um, acupuncturist and Zen Shiatsu practitioner, um, the using needles allows you to stick in a bunch of needles and then go have a cup of coffee or treat three other patients at the same time, as opposed mm-hmm. to if you're using your fingers and, you know, thumbs, elbows, um, energy, moving energy, you have to be there working on the patient. So it's a, it's a practicality standpoint. So um, anyway, you, you you basically what what acupuncture does is it will take available energy that's already in the system and redistribute it so if there's an area that's blocked it can open up a blockage if it's done properly and if there's an area where it's like downstream kind of like you have a big beaver dam you know that's blocking the water from flowing through so everything downstream isn't getting the water anymore so it's basically you know break up the beaver dam so the water can recirculate and get down to the downstream areas that are being, that are being, you know, basically choked out They're They're not getting the energy that they need. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why acupuncture, if again, if it's done properly can redistribute the available energy in the system, but it doesn't put energy into the system. So that's why a lot of times people will say, well, I tried acupuncture, you know, it felt a little bit better. It felt helped my knee a little bit, but it didn't actually heal it. So because if you if you're running on fumes and you don't have that available energy, it's just it's basically it's kind of like you have a garden hose. You know, you've got a garden hose mm-hmm. outside and you you can turn on your garden hose just a little bit, you know, and then you mm-hmm. take it. You've got 20 feet of hose and you go to water your prize winning rosebush and you get to the rosebush and you're like, oh, man, there's like drip, 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 like almost nothing coming out. So you're like, oh, OK, I know what the problem is. I've got all these kinks in the hose. So the mm-hmm. kinks in the hose prevent the 
little bit of water that's flowing through, it blocks it because it can't get past those kinks. So the acupuncture will actually, it can open up the kinks. But what it can't do is turn up the volume on the on the faucet. So oh, okay. we want to turn up the volume on the faucet and get rid of the kinks. You have to do both. So because you, you after you take out the kinks and you go to the, the rose bush and then it's still like it's just barely dribbling, you know, I've got yeah. like, <laughs> I got rid of the kinks, but I'm still not getting enough water. So it, so you turn up the volume. So that was why I wanted to create something that would not only get rid of the kinks, open up the kinks like acupuncture can do, but also turn up the volume. And that's the energy medicine component that actually is putting the life force energy into your gas. So, that makes so so much sense. Right. So it, it, and you have to do both. So when people have, you know, cancer or they even something, you know, like it's very common that people have pain or inflammation or they have, you know, tight neck, tight shoulders, that's, that's very common, especially when people get stressed out and then they get that stiff neck and they get, you know, their shoulders up around their ears kind of thing. And the more stress they get, the more tension they feel in that area. Mm-hmm. They go to a massage therapist and they're like, oh, it felt great for half an hour. And then the t- yeah. tightness all comes back because yeah. the massage therapist is working on mechanically manipulating the muscle to temporarily increase the flow of blood into that area and physically kind of do a neat, um, a meat, 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 soft meat. What do you call that? Meat tenderizer effect, you know, <laughs> by, you know, manipulating the muscle. But if you don't get the energy flowing through that area again, the reason that the muscles are seizing up in the first place is because they're not getting the available energy that they need. Mm. So that's like along the gallbladder meridian, gallbladder and liver meridians are paired meridians and they, they get stuck when people are under stress and when they have um, poor diet, um, alcohol, they're, you know, but basically the, the biggest thing that blocks the free flow of liver and gallbladder energy is stress. And that's mm. why it's such a common thing in, you know, North America, well, anywhere in the modern world, really, where people have jobs, <laughs> you know, that yeah. they're under stress a lot and they're not getting out in nature and spending time recharging their batteries. So they that that's one of the most common things where people get tension in the neck area and then they think that, oh, it's just, you know, oh, it's because I'm sitting on my computer wrong, which can exacerbate it, but that's not the root cause, you know, or they start getting carpal tunnel and it's like, oh, it's because I'm using a mouse pad or it's like, well, that can exacerbate, but it's not the root mm-hmm. cause because the, the gallbladder meridian goes over the head, down the sides of the neck, so across the top of the shoulders and then down the backs of the arms and around the scapula along the back and then down the, the midline along the sides and down the sides of the legs. It's a very, it's a long, and it's on both sides of the body. So when people get, you know, common headaches or one-sided headaches or um, headaches at the occiput, but very often one-sided headaches, that's again, due to liver and gallbladder toxicity and block energy blockage. So the kinks in the hose, mm-hmm. energy not circulating, and then everything along that line starts to not perform properly. So that it's yeah. not a problem with the muscles in the shoulders or the neck or the, the upper back. It's a problem that they're not getting the energy that they need. So they either overfire or they underfire. When you get overfiring, things seize up. When you get under firing, you have the opposing muscles that are having to do the job for both sides. So, mm-hmm. and that's where people will also get subluxations in the spine where the, the spine will go out of alignment because if the meridian, not the gallbladder meridian, but the gall, the bladder meridian, if the, every, every meridian is reflected in the spine, it's kind of like your power strip. So you yeah. can 
you can actually tell what meridian is blocked by which vertebra goes out of alignment. And it's not a problem with your spine. There's nothing wrong with your spine. It's a problem that the muscles on either side aren't working properly. So one's having to do more work than the other. And then that pulls your spine out of alignment. So that's why you can, you can do a treatment with the rejuvenator. And it's like your spine will go back in alignment because you're putting energy into the system and you're getting rid of the kinks. And then the spine goes back into alignment by oh, itself wow. without having okay. to go. So I have so many chiropractors that use it. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. My, putting their own spine back in alignment. My wife's so, been using it when she's pregnant and she has like gotten little kinks in her back while working out. And then she'll just, yeah, put the rejuvenator red light on it, her lower back and it'll 15 minutes twice. And it's kind of subsides. Yeah. It, well, and that's probably because if she's doing, if she, if it's in the low back, it's often related to kidney energy. And when somebody's pregnant there, that kidney energy is getting really consumed by the, by the baby that's growing. Mm-hmm. So that area then will be, will actually feel like deficient. It's like, you know, it's just not getting enough energy that it needs. So you can put the rejuvenator directly there and put energy into the system. It's also yeah. great for, for fertility and for, there was somebody that posted in our community recently about she, she and her husband had been trying to get pregnant for a very long time and they finally just kind of gave up. And then they got the rejuvenator for something completely unrelated and within a month of using it, both of them treating themselves for whatever it was that they got it for. I can't even remember, but then they got pregnant. They're like, oh my God, it's like, I know it's because of the rejuvenator. So then they, they she used the rejuvenator during throughout the entire pregnancy and then the baby was born and they have like this super robust baby that's like out doing all these you know all the the points that you know the progress points and the super healthy baby and super strong so in regards to like understanding the power of different colors in in filling up your own energy body and filling your tank back up like what what power do certain colors have um, okay, so everything is frequency, right? Everything is frequency and vibration. So color, every color has a specific frequency. It's usually deter- um, described in terms of wavelength, which is nanometers. It's a measurement of the wave. But frequency is the, um, the if you can think of it in, in those terms as far as like the, the number of, the number, it's hard to trying to describe this usually i'm doing a powerpoint so i have pictures where like i can say this is what the wavelength looks like well anyway every single color has a different frequency or different wavelength so our body uses those different frequencies those different vibrations for different organ systems so um um trying to think of a common like when you listen to music you know some music will really resonate with you at certain times and you feel like those notes really feel good to you. Um, color is the same way. So you, you may feel, I'm going to give you some real world example. And usually when I use red and blue, those are kind of the most easily accessible for people to understand Mm -hmm. how, because red is a very stimulating color. Um, Just being around a red painting or in a red room is going to, Mm -hmm stimulate you if you if you're around the color red it literally again and this is from a scientific perspective it stimulates the um, sympathetic nervous response so it's very similar to like the 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 feeling that you get from drinking caffeine so it stimulates the sympathetic nervous response like caffeine amphetamines cocaine 
um, other things like that, that actually stimulate that response, the fight or flight response. So if you think in terms of real world in marketing and in everyday applications, you use red for calling attention to something. So for danger, um, red um, is used commonly for things like stop signs, uh, poison, um, um, stop light, stop light. Because when you see red, it gets your attention. And it's like this very subtle, like, oh, pay attention, warning, you know, possible danger. And it grabs your eye. So you don't want to drive through the intersection. The reason that red is used for stop is because it, you know, startles you into paying attention. And then you stop because it's like, if you kept going, you would have an accident going through the intersection. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's used commonly in logos like, um, fast food chains because of the fact that it makes you do everything more quickly also. So it speeds everything up for you. So just like coffee will make you do things more quickly. Um, red will do the same thing. It will, it will energize you at certain times of the day. So red light conversely, if you use it at night, it has, um, like a, a calming effect, um, like a campfire kind of thing. So again, tying in with real world applications, when you're, when you're not surrounded by the blue light and you have, you're, you're only seeing the, the red, that part alone is going to make you more calm and relaxed. Um, and mm-hmm. then of course the additional quantum healing energies that actually are going into the meridians that also are stimulating melatonin production. Anyway, I got off on a tangent. I want to stay focused on the red versus blue. So the red, um, red stimulating. So the all the colors of the spectrum, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Red is the most stimulating. Orange is less stimulating than red, but still stimulating. So red, orange, and yellow are all stimulating colors. Um, mm-hmm. Blue, indigo, and violet are all calming, sedating colors. Green is a neutral energy color. So it's neither stimulating nor sedating. So if you think in terms of, you know, a line going down from the the red being the most stimulating, orange being less stimulating than red, yellow being less stimulating than orange or red, then green neutral energy, then calming blue, even more calming indigo and most calming um, violet. That's how that's how they work from an energy perspective and how they physically feel in the body. Um, so blue, when you when you think of blue compared to red, most people when you see blue, it has a calming effect. You and you can kind of imagine that, right? You know, if you're if you're in a blue room, it's going to be much more calming. Why are restaurants often painted red? Because they're stimulating and they keep people full of energy. They don't want people coming in the restaurant and falling asleep in their plate of food, right? They want you mm-hmm. to come in, eat, order quickly, you know enjoy your experience, have lots of energy while you're doing it and then finish and then leave, especially the fast food thing. You know, they want you to eat quickly, be stimulated, energized, and then get out of there. So, um, um, blue calming sedating, it doesn't make you sleepy. A lot of times people think it makes you blue will make you sleepy. It doesn't, it has a calming effect. It stimulates parasympathetic, the calming, calming side. So, um, that's why, you know, if you think of looking at the blue sky or looking out at the ocean, has that calming, relaxing effect, as opposed to, you know, if you're looking at, you know, you're in a red room. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting, just because like, we're surrounded by color all day, but like, I'm never thinking about what is this doing to my energetic system right right now? And clearly, clearly, it's doing, it's doing so much. So maybe 
could we again could we wrap up the podcast sort of like on an actionable note of like within your own home for anyone who's listening like what are things that you subtle things that you would recommend doing just from like a color standpoint to better serve um, recharging your system okay so i tell people um you don't have to spend a fortune to change up because you're okay the colors that we crave change constantly i mean we may have a period of time where like we're feeling really exhausted and depleted we want to be around high energy red or oranges or yellows or that sort of thing but then you may go through a period where it's like i ah, know i'm stressed out now i want to be around blues indigos violets mm-hmm. greens that sort of thing so if you have in your home if you if you you know don't commit to painting your wall like oh i love the color red i want to paint this mm-hmm. giant wall red and then like three months later you're feeling stressed out and you hate being in that room putting yeah. paint i mean if you don't mind repainting your walls then that's perfectly fine i'm personally i would rather keep my walls neutral and i move my paintings around but the other biggest thing is like pillows um comforters like let's just talk about the bedroom for example um Changing the color of your comforter or your bedspread and the pillows changes the energy of the entire room, like in an instant. Mm. So you don't have to change the furniture because you can have neutral wood furniture. And but putting the color, the you know, your bed is a big portion of your bedroom. So you change and you can experiment with this. I personally have several different colored bedspreads. Usually for me, they, they go from blue, green to purple, um, those kind of colors that are all in the calming. I don't want red stimulating colors in my bed. Seeing visual red before I go to sleep, that would be like, you know, like having a cup of coffee. So um, changing, having multiple comforters or comforter covers, because you don't have to, you know, get a new comforter. You just get different colored comforter covers in the, in the living room. Instead of buying a colored sofa, you can get a neutral colored sofa and then put a big, you know, throw blanket over the back yeah. and change it. So I do that, you know, with my Austin place, I have um, a white leather, really nice Italian leather sofa. And then I change the blanket that I put on the back, depending on whether it's winter or summer. In the winter, mm. I want warming colors. I want to increase the temperature. I want to make it feel more cozy and warm. So the red, or, orange, and yellow are warming colors. Mm. Blue, indigo, and violet are not only calming, they're also cooling colors. So you, if you want to bring the energy up and make it feel warmer and you want the space to feel smaller and more cozy, you use warming colors. So um, like red, orange, and yellow. So you can get throw pillows. You can get, and that's another thing. I have a bunch of different colored throw pillows and I'll just change the pillows and the back, the back blanket changes the energy of the whole room. Changing the carpet, you can also do that if you have like a, you know, um, hardwood floors or tile floors, you can have different color, but you, you, you don't even have to spend that much money. You can have a neutral, mm. neutral, or, you know, a carpet that has blues and oranges or something that it works with any color scheme that you add in afterwards. So you don't have to be changing your carpet too. It's, but it's super easy to do, you know, change the artwork on the walls and change the the pillows and that sort of thing literally changes the whole feel of the room in a bathroom having different sets of colored towels when you when you balance things out like that it just makes everything feel more harmonious so usually having a mix of warm and cool is is what people naturally are drawn to when you when you have like area spaces like a living room or kitchen usually you want 
more warming colors that are going to make people more sociable and more um, extroverted, playful, that sort of thing. The the other thing is like go to go to a store and pay attention because that can be like a really helpful diagnostic. It's like if you're feeling like oh the reds are really jumping out at me, like maybe you're needing more energy, so you're you're feeling lethargic or whatever. You're needing something stimulating or to bring that energy up. If you're if you're feeling more drawn to blues, indigos, violets, greens, then it's like, are you feeling stressed out? I mean, it's really it's it's very simple if you think of it in those terms about what's stimulating, what's relaxing, and sedating. I'm taking uh, notes. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> be sure to do that because yeah, I our our colors don't rotate right now, and yeah, yeah. it's it, it is intuitive, which it's interesting. It's like your intuition knows. Yeah, well, and I is that a blue sofa that I see behind you? It's a gray sofa. A okay, gray. Sofa. Yeah, so neutral. So it's going to be con- it's going to be cooling though. Um, but yeah, so if you you can, but you can you can energize that very easily by putting a bunch of pillows and then putting a you know a warm colored throw over the back. It completely changes the energy. Another really easy thing, like I said, if you have either paintings or posters or whatever, you can move those to different rooms. So depending on you know of have them in this room and it because you know how you have something on the wall for a while and it it literally becomes like wallpaper because you don't even notice it anymore but you can take you know two posters or two paintings that you've got in completely different rooms and you swap them the energy Mm -hmm. of the room changes completely so yeah mix things up it keeps things more vibrant helps to helps to stimulate creativity as well see i take take listeners Swap, <laughs> swap things around in your house. Don't, don't get yeah. bogged down. And... Yeah, but bring in more color. Bring in, you know, and it, it's so easy to do and it's inexpensive. And, you know, I like going to places like TJ Maxx or, you know, Marshalls or getting nice stuff for a lot cheaper. And then you can have a wide variety instead of, you know, spending a fortune on one comforter. Totally. I love those places mm-hmm. as well. So... Awesome. I mean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Leanne. I feel like there's you, you have so much wisdom to share, and uh, I appreciate you <laughs> condensing it as best you could into into this shorter for format. Letting me go off on my tangents, which we, I yeah, we managed to kind of rein it in, not 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 go off too far on any <laughs> tangents. Yeah, good. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, of course. It's been a pleasure. So thanks everyone for joining today. And one last thing, if you want to check out Leanne's signature red light therapy product, the Rejuvenator, go to catalyticcolor.com. That's catalyticcolor, C-A-T-A-L-Y-T-I-C-C-O-L-O-R.com. I don't know why I felt the need to spell that all out, but go there check her out and check out the rejuvenator and we'll see you next time. All right. We're signing out. 